Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. Today we're continuing our series on, on the ABCs of faith and confessing God's word in particular. Last time we saw in Mark 11, 23 and 24, the two stages in which we receive anything from God. First, we must pray and believe we receive it spiritually into our heart. And then, and, and, and that's by receiving the word. That's Mark eleven twenty four. He said, whatsoever things you ask, when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. And so you believe you receive it from God, confident that he is a generous giver. You believe you receive it when you pray. And he says, you will have it manifested. And then the second stage is that we are to, having received the word, the promise, the answer, we are to speak it forth. And by speaking the word, we are releasing the Holy Spirit to bring it to manifestation. And we also, as well as speaking the positive, we are also to speak against the mountain in the way. And that's Mark eleven twenty three. He said, Surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, he will have what he says. So as well as receiving the word of faith, we are to speak the word of faith, believing that what we say will come to pass, and that releases the Holy Spirit to do that work. Jesus said, you see, have the God kind of faith. That's the faith that God operates in. For instance, when he created the universe, he conceives his will in his heart, and then he speaks it with his mouth, and that releases the answer. He calls forth those things that do not exist as though they were. Those things that are not visible, they're not visibly in the natural, but yet he calls them forth from his spirit as though they were. He speaks the finished answer and it comes to pass by the power of his spirit. And so faith calls things forth from the spirit to the natural, just as God did in the creation. And so we are to speak our healing forth. We are to speak wisdom forth. We are to speak that blessing forth, having received it in our heart. By these words, we bring them forth from the Spirit into the natural life. We call the desired result forth into being by calling it as being. And that releases God's Spirit to manifest it. Hallelujah. So once we've received the answer in our spirit, we are to speak it out. That's the God kind of faith. And our key verse today is Romans 4.17 that talks about that we are to call forth those things that be not, be not manifest into being. But now, the classic illustration, as I said, of this two-stage process of faith, believing it in our heart, receiving it from God, and then speaking it out into our life, this two-stage process is illustrated by Abraham's life. Our key verse, Romans 4.17, let's read it. As it is written, I've made you, Abraham, a father of many nations in the presence of him or before him whom he believed, even God. Who, and it says two things about God here. Who gives life to the dead and secondly calls forth those things that do not exist as though they did. So that's how God works. Number one, he gives us life through his word. 
which we're to receive by faith. Then he calls it forth. He calls it accomplished. And we are to agree with him and call it done ourselves. And in this way, we call it into manifestation. You see, God called into existence the universe by his words. First, though, he had to believe, conceive it in his heart. So in the faith of Abraham, we see the same two steps because he's walking with God. Now, Romans 4 is the New Testament commentary on the life of Abraham. In verse 12, for example, it tells us that we are to walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham. And, and that the promises of God in verse 16 are for those of the faith of Abraham, the father of us all. And so Abraham's example is for us to apply to our lives today. And verse 17 to 21 in particular show how his faith operated. He says, God had given him this promise, you see. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. That's what Abraham means. And, and so the promise is the basis of faith. And then it talks about before him whom he believed. And this means in the presence of God whom he believed. Abraham walked in the presence of God. God, you see, his faith only works in fellowship with God, in the presence of God. To receive from God, you've got to be in fellowship with God. And so it says, before him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead. In other words, God's the source of life. You've got to believe in God as the source of life and receive life from God. And God also calls those things that be not as though they were. So Abraham's faith was based on God's word. He gave him the promise that God would multiply his seed, become the father of many nations. And he confirmed that by changing his name. Before it was Abraham, then it became Abraham. And this came to pass through his faith. So if we're going to receive from God, it's going to be the same way as Abraham did. So we need to see how his faith worked. And, and of course, the first thing is that phrase, before him whom he believed. It, or in the presence of God whom he believed. Uh, this phrase has got a lot of meaning. It actually matches the story in Genesis 17, which tells us when this actually happened. In Genesis 17:1, God turned up when Abraham was 99 years old. It says, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I'm El Shaddai, I'm almighty God. Walk before me. There it is again. Walk before me and be blameless. It signifies that, that walking before God in fellowship as I said, it only work, faith only works in God's presence. It describes a man in harmony with God, walking, working with God, imitating God as a child does his father, seeing what God is doing and saying and getting into line with that. It's like two people dancing. One is giving the lead and the other one is following. So we are dancing with God. God gives the lead and we are to follow. And in this connection, we're told two things about God that Abraham matched his life to. First of all, God gave, gives life to the dead. And that's what Abraham that, and Sarah were practically dead. And it, and, but God gave, gave them life. Secondly, we're told that God calls into manifestation those things which do not yet exist by speaking 
his word. And that's what God did for Abraham uh, in, 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 the, in this chapter. It says that he called him Abraham. He called him the father of many nations while he was yet childless. God called those things that were not as though they were. He said, your name is Abraham. And he was calling that into being. Now it's up to Abraham, you see, to get into harmony with God for this promise to come to pass. He had to receive it from God, and he had to speak what God was saying. He had to call himself Abraham. He had to call himself as if the promise was already fulfilled. Now, Abraham had been out of fellowship with God for 13 years because he tried to fulfill God's promise in his own strength through Hagar, trying to bring forth a son. In, in, in fact, the last verse before, 16, in 1616, it says Abraham was 86 when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abraham. And then the story suddenly jumps 13 years as if they didn't happen because he was out of fellowship. Between the end of Genesis 16 and then Genesis 17, when he was now 99. And then the Lord appears to him and, and gives him a bit of a telling off. 99 represents the last number, as it were. Nine is the final digit. 99 means he's come to the end of himself. He's come to the end of his natural strength. He realizes he can't do it in his own strength. That's what it means. God gives life to the dead, to the one who's given up trusting in himself. He knows he can't do it. He knows he's dead, as it were. And then God appears as El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. He says, I am El Shaddai. Walk before me. That's a bit of a telling off. He says, Abraham, stop looking to yourself. Stop looking to your own strength, your own ability. Walk before me. Look to me. Trust in me. I'm El Shaddai. I can do it. And then God reaffirmed his promise in verse 2 to 8. God said, I will make my covenant between me and you. I'll multiply you exceedingly. And then Abraham fell on his face in submission. God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant's with you. And you'll be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham. For I've made you a father of many nations. That's the promise right there. And notice this is God giving life to Abraham by giving him his promise. You will now be called Abraham. You see, Abraham's response to God's initiative God gives life to the dead, and Abraham's response is to believe he received it into his heart. And that's what's signified by the change of name, because by adding the that's the letter of breath, into the middle of his name, Abraham to Abraham, you see. That signified the fact that when Abraham believed the promise, the breath of God came into the middle of his name, into the middle of his heart, of his nature. And this is Ruach. The Ruach, the breath of God, you see, when he received the promise. Just like when we're born again, the Spirit of God comes into us. And God did the same for Sarai. When she received the promise, the breath of God went in her, into her as well. And she became Sarah, ha, Sarah, you see. The H, the breath, was added to her name. And that's the first step of walking with God, receiving his gift of life. He gives life to the dead. Realize your debt and come to God and receive his breath of life into you. Receive his promise. And that wasn't the end though. There's the second stage of faith. By faith he had to start calling himself Abraham, father of many nations. He had to say, I've received new life from God. I've, he's changed my name. 
He had to go around to all his friends and family and tell them, call me father of many nations now, because that's who I am. You know, that would have been a bit of a joke. If he wasn't so powerful, they probably would have joked behind his back, probably. But this, here's this childless man of 99 years old going around calling himself the father of a multitude, the father of many nations. And you see, but he had to get into agreement with God. God was calling him Abraham, the father of many nations. And so he needed to get into agreement and he needed to say that, that the promise was true. It needed to get across his lips. I am Abraham, I'm the father of many nations. He had to confess the word of God. God called him Abraham, so he had to call himself Abraham. And that's exactly what we're told in Romans 4.17. He says, I've, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, Abraham. Before him, in the presence of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. You see, God gives life to the dead. So first of all, they had to believe in God as the giver of life. And then he needed to take the next step. But first of all, he had to believe it. Even when it seemed impossible in the natural, he had to receive. He was dead, as it were, but he had to receive it. Now, that's in verse 18. It says, who contrary to hope, contrary to natural hope, it seemed impossible, in hope he believed. In other words, he received the promise. He believed it would come to pass. So that, as a result, he became the father of many nations. It was manifested. According to what was spoken, so shall your seed be. Hallelujah. So when God spoke his word to Abraham, the power was present with the word to fulfill the word. So when he believed he received it, he also received that power to bring it to pass. Romans 4.19 continues to tell us, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since it was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yes, he was dead. But he didn't meditate on that. His body told him it was impossible. But he didn't let unbelief dominate his heart, that weakening his faith. Yes, he was aware, of course, of the natural impossibility of it, the symptoms, the contradictory circumstances, just like we are when we get a promise from God. But he didn't focus his attention, his meditation on the problem, but on God's promise, on God's power, on God's faithfulness. And that's what it says in verse 20. He did not waver in doubt at the promise of God through unbelief. He didn't let doubts dominate his heart through preoccupation with, with what his senses told him. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but instead he was strengthened in faith. Actually, I believe it's better to say he was strengthened by faith. Or he received strength through faith. In other words, he received his healing, his renewal of youth through faith. He chose to believe God. He chose to believe that God could do it. And he came to God and he knew that God was the giver of life. And he believed and he received strength through faith. Romans 4.20. Being what enabled him to do that? character of God, his knowledge of God. Verse 21, being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able also to perform. He knew that God could do it. 
living in the presence of God, you see, who gives life to the dead, he was able to believe he received that life. He danced with God, you see, and that power enabled him to bear seed. And in the same way, Sarah too, Hebrews 11, 11 says, Sarah received power to conceive because she considered God faithful who promised. And she received power to conceive in the same way. And Isaac, the manifestation, was born. So the first step of faith, you see, is to believe that God gives life to the dead. And we believe we receive it from him. We come to the end of our own strength and we trust in God completely. Hallelujah. But then the second step of faith is to walk in agreement with the God who calls those things that be not as though they were. It's God who starts to call the end result. He calls into being those things that do not exist. God speaks his promise first, and then we must get into agreement with God and say the same thing by speaking the word of faith. That's what confession means, to say the same thing as. So we're not manipulating God. We're simply agreeing with God. If he says we're blessed in that way, we agree, we declare it with our own lips. We speak the end result. We call it forth with God. He calls it done, and once we've received it by faith, we call it done, you see. So Abraham, you see, walking with God, had to do what God was doing, calling himself Abraham, calling those things which be not as though they were, calling things that do not yet exist in the natural as though they existed. And by doing so, he was actually calling them into existence. Praise God. And so, once he believed he received the promise, he confessed it as true by changing his name to Abraham. Calling himself what God called him. You see, now, if God calls you the blessed of God, the righteousness of God in Christ, the, if God calls himself your victory, you see... God calls you by his name. He puts his name upon you. He calls you a son of God. He calls you forgiven of God. Then you too, like Abraham, are to call yourself that. You see, even if your senses say something else, you are to speak what God has said. And that releases the power, the reality of it into your life. Praise God. Well... God's power is released as we speak the word. All the promises of God, you see, in Christ are yes. Therefore, we also utter the amen to God, resulting in the glory of God being manifested through us. That's 2 Corinthians 1.20. In other words, God's promise is yes, but we have to receive it. And when we also speak the promise and utter the amen to it, then the glory of God, the promise comes to pass through our faith. And so God did that with the universe. He believed it in his spirit. He called it forth into existence. And that brought it into the natural. How did God do it? By his words. And so that's what I'm really saying is it's not enough just to believe and receive something from God. You must now speak it out. You see, when God spoke that word, only when he spoke the word did the universe come into manifestation. The spirit of God was hovering. But only when the word was spoken did he have, as it were, permission to manifest it. 
God is also wanting, waiting for you to give thanks, to open up your mouth and say, thank you, Lord. You heard my prayer and I thank you. It's coming to pass. And that gives the Holy Spirit permission to bring it to pass in your life. Otherwise, it's just going to stay in, stay in the spiritual realm. You've got it, but it won't be produced in your life. When we have believed we've received the promise, we have the answer in our spirit. But now, like God, we are to call it forth by speaking words of faith that are based on the promise. And then God's spirit will move to bring it forth into being. Hallelujah. We call things out of our spirit into our natural life. That's the faith, you see, that calls forth those things that be not as though they were. You see, just like God does. We get into agreement with God. We operate in the God kind of faith. Abraham, by faith, called himself father before he was a father, as if he already was a father. And then God's power was released to make him the father in the natural. We can call ourselves the healed before the healing is manifested because we're calling forth God's healing power into our body. We're putting a demand on God's healing power and that healing power will flow. And God's given you a mouth to do that. Hallelujah. It's by our words we bring things from the spiritual into the natural. Hallelujah. Now, Romans 4.17 describes the faith of Abraham as our example. He walked before God, the God who gave life to the dead and who caused those things that be not as though they did. And Abraham walked with God, followed God's lead. First he received the promise and then he agreed with God and he called the promise as coming to pass. Praise God. Well, he agreed with God in two areas. He agreed in his heart by believing and receiving the promise and he agreed with God with his mouth by speaking the promise as true and coming to pass. Hallelujah. Now, having received strength by faith, let's go back to Romans chapter 4, verse 20. It says that he received strength by faith. Then it says he gave glory to God. You see. In other words, having received it by faith, he didn't just call it forth. That's one way to say it. But it's also given in verse 20 that he received it by faith and then it says he gave glory to God. You see, once you've received the promise, you open up your mouth and you give glory to God. You say, thank you, Lord. Your promise is true. It's coming to pass. You have the power to do it. He gave glory to God. Start thanking God for the answer. Start thanking to God that he's working, bringing it to pass. That's the second stage. That's what Abraham did. Verse 20, he gave glory to God. Let's read that. It says, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was also strengthened by faith. He received strength by faith, giving glory to God, thanking God, being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. The key to keep God's power working in your life, bringing the promise to pass, is thanksgiving. Give glory to God and keep your focus on God's power and God's faithfulness. Be fully convinced that what God promised, he is able to bring it to pass and keep thanking him 
for doing it. And then you'll keep the switch of faith turned on to bring it to pass. Hallelujah. When Abraham believed the promise, it looked hopeless in the natural. Their bodies were good as dead. You, what you're believing for may look impossible, but if God's given you his promise, don't let doubts get in your heart. Just remember, God is well able to do it. And he's faithful that what he promised, he will do it. Instead, see it, the promise as coming to pass and call it into being. Call the things that be not as if though they were. Declare the promise as true. Speak the end result. And as you do, you are releasing the power of the Holy Spirit to bring it to pass. Hallelujah. Speak forth your healing. Speak forth your wisdom. Speak forth your victory. Speak forth the success that God has promised. Speak forth the end result. That is how to walk. You're a son of God. You're meant to walk with God. You're meant to walk before God. You're meant to mirror what God is doing. He gives life to the dead. So receive that life. Receive that promise. And he calls things that, that be not as though they were. You need to start doing the same. You need to start calling yourself blessed. Calling yourself healed. Calling yourself victorious. Get in agreement with God. And like Abraham, you'll be walking in the steps of the faith of your father Abraham and you too will see great success in your walk of faith. We receive the promise by faith, and then with that answer in our spirit, we call it forth into manifestation. Saying what you already see in the natural changes nothing. It just gives you more of the same. But if you say what you see in your spirit as yours, that will bring it into being. Abraham confessed the promise before it was manifested, calling forth what was not as though it were. By agreeing with God in heaven, God, Abraham, through his faith, opened the door for God's power to bring the promise to pass in the earth. What a great man of faith. Like Abraham, we too are to confess God's promises as true before they're manifested, calling them forth into being, and so bringing them from the spiritual realm into the natural realm, from heaven to earth. You have the privilege, the honor, the authority to do that. Take your place before God. Walk with God. Receive his life. And then call forth those things that be not. As though they were. You can do it. Have faith in God.